This is Matt Bieberfeld, and the author speaking today is Jerzy Kaczynski, the author of two novels, The Painted Bird, published in 1966, and Steps, which was published in 1968, uh, and which has been awarded the 1969 National Book Award in Fiction. The Painted Bird has been translated into 29 languages, and Mr. Kaczynski's newest book, Steps, into 26. Mr. Kaczynski was born in Poland in 1933, received his higher education there, and was a grantee of the Polish Academy of the Sciences in Warsaw. He is currently a uh, teaching in the field of modern English prose at Princeton University, and he has taught in the past at Wesleyan University in Connecticut. We welcome you, Mr. Kaczynski. And to begin with, uh, for people who are unfamiliar about The Painted Bird and about steps, uh, The Painted Bird is about human brutality and steps is about human brutality. In what general areas uh, would you say you're writing and in what, what distinguishes the two books from each other? Uh, well, for one thing, the, the subject itself. The Painted Bird is a story of a small boy of a boy who, at the age of six, is abandoned by his parents somewhere in um, Eastern Europe in 1939, when the Second World War just begins. And that's where the book takes off. The boy wanders from one village to another. Those are Slavic villages where he's considered a gypsy or a Jew. And obviously, he's, he's, uh, he's feared his appearance can bring disaster to, to the villages where he's appearing. And therefore, the story of the Painted Bird is a story of, uh, of a definite persecution. The book is, is, is localized, not, not too clearly. It is in Eastern Europe. It could actually, it could happen anywhere in Eastern Europe. And um, the boy has no name. He's just the boy. That's how the peasants refer to him. And therefore, um, from this point of view, the Painted Bird at least is connected with a specific historical period, the Second World War and certain locality, Eastern Europe. Steps, on the other hand, my second novel, um, is a story of, of a narrator who simply tells about certain experiences of his life. He has no name. He, is, he speaks in the, first in the first person. The first sentence of the book is, I was traveling further south. In a way, this is what the reader is doing also. When you open the book, you are, so to speak, traveling further south into the book, down to the book. You are following in his steps. That, hence the title of the book, Steps. He tells about certain events of his life, and uh, there's a dialogue between him and the woman in the book. And it could be assumed that to seduce this particular woman, he decided to tell her about certain aspects of his life. Because he's addressing a woman, because it is a highly intimate and sexual situation, the details of what he tells her are of no importance, and therefore there are no details in the book. There are no names, there are no localities. There are just events of his life, certain events, the events he decided would dominate her, so to speak, would create the, the, the atmosphere in which she could become, to a degree, influenced by him. Now, I don't like to uh, editorialize in any way, uh, but I think you could describe Painted Bird, at least, as a brutal book, uh, a very powerful and moving book, one which you can't put down and go on to 
something else uh, very easily. It, it, it sticks in your mind. Well, I, I do hope that you can put, <laughs> put it down and go to steps. <laughs> yes, of course. Now, the question which, as you mentioned to me earlier, which is always asked you, and which one is prompted to ask about the pain about steps, is it fact or is it fiction? Well, this is a very American question. The, uh, an author is always asked in America, did it actually happen? Did you really do it? Um, did you see it? And so forth. There is certain mistrust of imagination. People feel that you cannot write about being a barber unless you have been one, that you cannot write about being a pilot unless you, you have flown, and so forth. Um, both books were published as novels, not as anything else. And therefore, um, let me answer it in, in two ways. The, the first answer is the answer I usually give. These are novels, and it doesn't matter whether what is in these books was experienced by the author or not. If they are well written, if they are convincing, then they achieve their purpose. The reader is able to, so to speak, uh, feel these books as if he himself, the reader, was exposed to the reality they describe. If they are bad books, it doesn't matter whether the author experienced the things he writes about or not. Um, if you take the story of the painted bird, the story of, of an abandoned child during the last war, it is not an unusual story. If anything, it is a very common story in Europe. You must remember, six million people died in concentration camps. Um, countless millions were abandoned, moved from one place to another. In certain countries, um, there were millions and millions of abandoned children. When the war ended, you had three million of abandoned children in Italy, one out of eight in Greece, one million abandoned children in Poland after the war, about four million in the Soviet Union. Uh, you had similar situation in Hungary, in Slovakia, even in France. So the story of an abandoned child during the last war could be anybody's story. And therefore, I could very easily invent it. I could project myself. It happened, though, that I was one of the ab abandoned children, though this is, again, in no way important. Um, frankly, when you, when I, um, um, you mentioned I, I teach at Princeton, and, and this is uh, of interest, that so many of my students who read The Painted Bird do not think about The Painted Bird as a book about history. They don't think about the boy of The Painted Bird as a specific concrete child of the Second World War. They think that The Painted Bird is about them and that the author used the symbols of the past. Th that in this case, the author selected the symbols of the Second World War, though he, the author could have selected symbols of the 17th century or the 15th century and so forth. You see, they don't see the history behind the books. I do. I lived this history. I'm 36. Well, my students are 18 and 19. And, and I like this. I like the idea that the book becomes what it becomes to the reader, not what it was to the author. I'm always amused when, when, when I, people ask me, what do you do? And I said, I'm a writer. And they say, well, but what do you really do? You know, there's a kind of a um, mistrust of, of imaginary power. It seems that an author should do things first before he writes about them. You're writing about um, people who are traveling, both books, are about yes, journeys. Who, yes. Do you feel any affinity toward Hesse or uh, other journeys uh, in, in literature? Well, th I think the element of, of, of journeying is a very common in literature, and it has been for a good many centuries. Um, 
it so happened that in these two books I, 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 I embraced that particular element. Um, the, the boy in The Painted Bird moves because he has, he has to. The man in Steps moves because he likes to. Um, I think there's a certain attraction which we all feel for, for the element of change in, s in, in time and the change in space since m more and more often we are being grounded. Our lives are very predictable. We go to the office in the morning, we go to home at night. Usually it is the same office and it is the same home. Um, now perhaps there's certain, uh, if there is an autobiographical element in it, this may be, may be the case. I have, I have traveled all my life. I, I began at the age of six and I'm still, this week I'm moving to Princeton from New York for the next semester. Uh, last year I was at Wesleyan. I spent several months in Europe. I do spend about three, four months a year outside of the United States, though I am an American citizen. Therefore, um, traveling and changing places is something very important to me. And that's why Steps, in this way, reflects this philosophy. So the new book I'm writing right now is grounded. Uh, there's no movement. I, will, I would like to get into that a little bit later if you feel like talking about it. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to ask you if you felt when you were writing these books that you were trying to, it's easy there are two possibilities when someone's writing a book. That's as an outsider looking at an author. Uh, and the first is that you have something within you that you want to get out. It's something that you feel you have to get out as an artist. The second thing is that you're trying to affect a change of some kind. You're interested in, uh, in doing something with a book. Can you fit yourself into one of those categories or both? I think to a degree one one is influenced by both. Obviously, one sits down to write because one likes to do it. Um, I'm not quite certain that when I began writing The Painted Bird, I, I was convinced that, that, that I was doing something useful. Um, nevertheless, I did know that I was doing something I liked doing. I think this, is, this was my motive for, for starting to write novels. Before The Painted Bird, I wrote nonfiction, scientific books only. Um, I felt that writing that by writing a novel I would be a, a freer man. I could go anywhere I want, I can take the typewriter with me and I can somehow move. Um, and therefore, I don't think I consciously thought of affecting any change in society or, or influence anyone, really. I don't think I did. If I believe it now, it may be the result of what I'm told about the result the book made in some in, in, in the lives of those, let's say, I know, or that uh, once in a while I, I see that I repeat critics uh, as my own thoughts. Now I feel that, that I should justify why I, I wrote The Painted Bird, and I say to myself, well, I wrote it because of this and this and this and this. I don't think so. I think I wrote it because I, at that time I was, my, my wife was dying. She died um, shortly after the, after the book was published, and um, I didn't feel like doing anything else. So I selected the subject which, which was not a cheerful subject. It fitted my mood uh, and, and my imagination, and, and, I and I wrote it. With Steps, on the other hand, uh, Steps, I think, I wrote with a certain sense of responsibility. Uh, steps has certain philosophy which aims at affecting the reader. You see, in The Painted Bird, the judgment is made. It's a book about the war, and the war is bad. And it's a book about a small boy, and he's being persecuted. And therefore, the reader is freed from making any judgment. In Steps, there is no judgment of any kind. When you open Steps, and you read the first sentence, I was traveling further south, you are traveling into that book without any judgment from me. You have to evaluate what, you, what is happening yourself. 
the very fact that you continue reading is in a way your complicity with, with the man in steps. If he is evil, so are you if you are following him. Therefore, the steps is written in such a manner that between certain incidents, there's a wide space left open. You don't have to continue. If you don't like him, that is, if you don't like yourself following that man, get out of steps. Step out of steps. From this point of view, to answer your question, in steps, I aimed at involving the reader. He has to make a judgment. He has to dislike the man I'm, I'm portraying. He has to reject him. I am not doing it for him. I am not saying what, he, what this man in steps is doing is good or bad. You are the reader. The book is written for you. It is in your hands now. You make the judgment. As you're talking, uh, I think it's apparent that your books are not written in the normal narrative, although it is a narrative. It's not. You, you're playing with the very structure of the novel in both books. Uh, and it seems today that the forms of plays are changing, the forms of music. Uh, do you think that the form of, of literature can be changed uh, so that people are more willing to accept? Do you think that people do accept this uh, as an everyday occurrence, uh, that it is something which people can read uh, as easily as, as any other novel? I think so, because it, it, there's nothing, nothing in steps which is, which is extraordinary in any way. The language used is the simplest language you can imagine. Uh, there are no words of any, of any ex experimental character. The, the, the structure of, the, of, of telling the story is rather traditional. The book tells a story, so does the painted bird. The difference is that the painted bird tells more or less a unified story, a story which follows the boy, while in steps you follow what the man is telling about himself. But these are still very powerful, concise incidents. Uh, the difference, I would say, between steps and what we would consider a traditional literature is that I don't give too many details. In other words, when, when the man in steps uh, enters a hotel room, I am not describing the interior of the hotel room because I'm almost certain that anyone who's going to read steps can figure out what the hotel room, er, an average hotel room, is all about. A 19th century novelist quite likely would describe the interior of a hotel. He would be writing for the audience, for the readers, who perhaps would not know a hotel. Um, when I'm uh, describing a car race in steps, I'm not, I'm not bothering with explaining what the car race is all about. We it doesn't really matter in this particular case. Any car race would do. The reader, again, is, an, is a man who watches TV, who reads the, the daily newspapers, who has lived in the, in the industrial country in the United States for some time now. He doesn't have to be told all these details. This, perhaps, is the difference, that Steps is stripped of all the things which I think an average reader knows. An author has often got himself a problem. He needs time to write, uh, and on the other hand, he has to support himself and his family. Uh, some authors, like uh, Kurt Vonnegut Jr., for instance, uh, have written articles for so-called slick magazines, uh, Ladies Home Journal, uh, love story kind of uh, writing, sometimes under pseudonyms, uh, and uh, Mr. Vonnegut has taught also. Uh, you yourself teach. Yes, Do I teach, but I, I, don't teach I, I don't think I teach for, for monetary purposes. Frankly, for monetary purposes, you could park cars and you could do better than that. Well, my question is, you think that an author today can, can earn a living, an average author? It's, it's the number of uh, Jersey Kaczynski's who can make a living 
in the United States it's just on writing is a very small number. It's diminishing. As a matter of fact, the self-employed, self-sustained author disappears statistically much faster than the wildest of animals. I mean, they're very, actually really very, very few. You're right. We're talking with Jerzy Kaczynski, who is the author of two novels, The Painted Bird and Steps, which is his newer novel, which was the winner of the National Book Award. Steps published by Bantam Books and The Painted Bird by Pocket Books. And I'd like to ask Mr. Kaczynski if uh, he would be so kind as to tell me and, and the rest of the audience, in today's world, uh, who are the people, authors uh, or just people that you admire, people that we might know? Uh, I don't think... Um I don't like. I don't think I would like to, to sort of list them in any way because this would it would it, it, I would feel that I'm establishing some sort of a, of, of, of a, uh, well priorities. There, there, there are countless people I admire, and there are as many people I do not. And therefore, why should I mention only those I admire? And if I would start mentioning those I do not like, we would need an, uh, an, another hour. Um, to to a large degree, I, I admire my students. For instance, if you want to know, I admire young people to a large degree, not altogether. Let me tell you what I admire about them. I admire about them the fact that they are very idealistic. Um, I admire about them the fact that they don't care about material possessions. That they managed in a highly, um, well, industrial society to free themselves from the urge to collect objects, to collect furniture, cars, and so forth. Something which European students do still a great deal. Um, I admire also, I think, American students for their involvement with the issues of the society. I don't say that they do it always uh, in, a, in a right way. Nevertheless, they are involved, and many European students are not. European students, as I said, still think about the, the objects, to have a car, to have a motorcycle, to have certain vacations in a certain place. Uh, and this is what I admire very much about young Americans. What worries me about them? and what I obviously do not admire, is their great sense of collectivity, the fact that they feel uncertain when they are left alone, that they need each other, that they, are, that they, that they feel much better in groups, um, the, the fact that they feel that Woodstock was the greatest thing which happened to them, and yet when you press them, what actually happened at Woodstock? They tell you that nothing really happened at Woodstock, and that's why it was such a great thing. They were just there together. Um, what, what upsets me and worries me about them is their sense of, of uh, not knowing how they will fit into the society into which they will have to step in after the university years are, are over. What worries, um, what worries me about them is the fact that they want to postpone their adolescence endlessly, that they would like their adolescence to grow the way their hair grows, and there will be never a haircut. Um, that also, I think, what I find distressing about them is the, the, the certain lack of personal identity. They tend to identify with the general issues, but when you, when, when you press them what they themselves are all about, they really don't know. And here, as a, a, as a teacher, as a teacher of English, I may complain that they are very inarticulate. They don't trust the language, and they have great difficulties with the language, and somehow they, um, they prefer to watch the movies and to listen to the music. But they are, they are not the best readers, and, 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 uh, and unfortunately, they are not the best, the best writers, at least for a while. Well, uh, that seems to be the, as far back as I can remember, uh, people have been saying the same thing about 
people who are going into college especially. Uh, I can always remember teachers bemoaning the fact that nobody could, could write even the simplest sort of a composition and express themselves at all lucidly. And that brings up a question about the whole validity of teaching and whether you can teach someone uh, writing, uh, whether the uh, university situation which has come under attack is a valid one. You're part of it now. Is it a valid I think institution? I think university, again, here I, you know, I have been in America only 12 years, and I have a certain sentiments about the, the United States many Americans do not have because for some reason they have never be, been forced to be aware uh, of these of, of certain aspects of American society. I think American University is still one of, the, one of the greatest institutions we have in this country. It is by far the most liberal. It is by far the most uh, open to suggestion, for and it's, it's, it, it proved itself to be by far the most elastic, ready to accommodate the, the, the social change. Um, what, wha again, what frightens me about the young people is that they may not, that they, that they look upon American University very often as if it was a, a, a rigid corporation. And they, well, what they are trying to do very often is to, to, to act as if it was their enemy. And they don't realize that by turning against the university, they are actually turning in the final instance against their own future, since the American university was always the breeding ground of liberal thought and of tolerance. Um, to back to your questions about can you teach writing, I don't think you can. However, you can teach correct speech. You can teach using the dictionary. And you can teach being articulate. There's no excuse for someone who mumbles, who sits half an hour in front of you and, and cannot answer the simplest question. This you can teach. And I think what's more, uh, this you can learn. Well, we have just a very few minutes left. And uh, I hope you'll let us in uh, at least a little bit on the new book you're working on. Well, again, it's a novel, a product of my imagination. Uh, as I stressed before, and though um, it is localized, unlike the other two books, this one is clearly set. It is set in, in Manhattan, and it's a story of an idiot, uh, of an imbecile, who at the age of 40 enters into a normal stream of life. He, he is illiterate, doesn't know how to read, doesn't know how to write, and a few days ago, an out-of-town editor of one of the uh, more remote newspapers came to New York and paid me a little visit and asked me what I was doing. And I, I told him I was writing a book about an idiot. And he said, well, Mr. Kozinski, is it, is it going to be autobiographical like the other two novels you wrote? So that's what you get. Well, that's only in small town newspapers. I uh, wish we had more time, uh, but I, I highly recommend to you, our listeners, if, you'd enjoy, if you have enjoyed listening to Jerzy Kozinski, you are going to enjoy reading Jerzy Kozinski. His two books, his two novels, have been uh, published in paperback. The Painted Bird, which is published by Pocket Books, and Steps, which is a bantam book, both by Jerzy Kaczynski, who has been our guest today. Our many thanks for being here. Thank you.